0: Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Headlines. On today's episode, The Anatomy of a Winter Storm. Jillian Van Strat and Tonda Gemitter are here to talk about what goes in to putting out all the information surrounding a storm here in Michigan. Jillian and Tonda are joining us. And as always, Vice President of Content, the one, the only, back from skiing this afternoon, I'm sure, John Heiner.
1: How are you, Eric Halkren?
0: I am good, man.
1: Happy belated birthday to you, Mr. Groundhog's Day. Thank you. I think this is apropos uh, for this topic that we're going to cover today—that you came out of your hole on Groundhog's Day and what Certainly happened. Did.
0: And I did not and see my—I did not see my shadow, so I stayed out. So we're getting
1: spring early. So it says. So there we go. So the says podcast me. is over. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> No, our topic today, and everybody, anybody who's on social media knows that Eric Calkrin loves winter, a devotee, maven aficionado of winter, all things outdoors. Um, he's one of our uh, uh, video um, purveyors. He's out there in Michigan uh, showing our viewers and listeners all the great things to do in Michigan, any of the seasons. But I do know you love winter. This is right? one of
0: my favorites. Yes, for sure.
1: So I have a question for you. This will also be a test to see if you read them live. Has this Michigan winter been above average, normal, or below average for snowfall and temperature?
0: I am going to say average.
1: Oh, he reads our content. (laughs) Well done, Eric. And it's a good way to usher in our topic today. We just came through, uh, even though we're average, we just came through probably one of our better uh, winter storms uh, of the season. Uh, Some areas of the state got a foot or more of snow over here in Ann Arbor. I think we got eight or nine inches, but it was nice. I, I like winter as well. And I thought uh, that behind the headlines listeners might enjoy hearing how MLive journalists plan for and cover weather. So our guest today, uh, first, Tonda Gmitter, who oversees, as the editor of oversees our weather coverage. Good morning, Tonda.
2: Good morning.
1: And from our social media team, Jillian Van Strat Hi. good morning jillian i know that i undersold what both of you do um <laughs> jillian, there's, only so
3: much, there's only so much time in your podcast there is always <laughs> so
1: much time <laughs> of course it, it it takes it takes an army of millions to really mobilize to cover weather in michigan but these are the two key people who who lead what people see on M Live, what they read what they view through our videos And uh, using the the latest storm as an example, I thought it'd be a good launching point for a discussion this morning on what it takes to prepare for and plan and present and cover uh, a big weather story that spans the entire state. So, you know, Tonda, kind of a broad runway there for you to land this, but you you also, you're the boss of Mark Toragrosa, our much beloved and much read weatherman, meteorologist here in Michigan. Um, He's been on behind the headlines before. But I want to start right sort of from the beginning. We're going into these seasons. We know we're going to have a lot of weather events. So what's it like to coordinate and plan and just start at the beginning um, in terms of your your work with Mark and, and how we kind of like stay on top of the radar of weather, especially when we know weather systems coming in?
2: Well, this was kind of the perfect example, this recent storm that we had, because even though it didn't hit most of Michigan until last Tuesday, I think it was last Friday, Friday evening, that the National Weather Service started issuing cautionary language um, in their little chat that we look at. And this is a chat that most people don't get to see, but it's a chat between meteorologists and the Weather Service that helps inform our coverage. So once we saw um, the little cautionary notes start going into their forecast about, ooh, something's coming, we're not exactly sure where it's gonna land, how much of it's going to hit us? We know it's going to go across the Ohio River Valley, but is it going to come north enough to dump a lot of snow in Michigan? Now, as you know, I'm sure we have a devoted following, not only to Mark Rosa, but to our Michigan weather Facebook page. And I'm sure Jillian can attest, there are some hardcore weather fans in there. So whenever they get an inkling of a system coming, all their little alarm bells start going off and they start <laughs> you know, texting us and they start sending messages through Facebook, wanting to know what's going to come. Should I travel to Aunt Gertrude's next Wednesday? And, and, you know, what can we expect? So we have to stay really on top of what the National Weather Service is saying. So our coverage for a Tuesday night storm started on Saturday morning when we could tell people, this system's coming. This is the very early look of, of what it could dump on us. And then each day we refine the forecast until... A couple of days before the Tuesday storm, we were hitting um, two, three posts a day, two, three stories a day, just giving specifics and details.
1: Well, Jillian, why don't you pick up the social media aspect of that? I mean, I'm old. I'm like one of those old men who used to go to coffee shops and hang out and drink coffee. But if you're there, whether it's social media or not, people talk about weather all the time. So how much, how much of a dominant topic is that? And how avid, uh, to Tonda's point, is the Facebook, uh, Michigan Weather Facebook page that MLive supports?
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I could say with certainty that any other topic besides weather is more engaging to a Michigan audience. You know, like, and there are other states, obviously, that get like when big nor'easters cut, you know, there are other states that get snow, but it is really in the DNA of Michiganders to talk about weather. And so as somebody who's trying to, you know, figure out where audience is and figure out what they're thinking and figure out what they like, you just, when, like Tana saying, when you get heads up for storms, um, you can't, there, there's no such thing as too much. There really isn't. They will, if you put up, like, as we know, um, feed to an MDOT cam, just on a road, and it hasn't even started snowing. There are people that are just watching it consistently. And we're like, well, there's a reason it's not sticking, you know, ground's too warm. You know, all the experts are coming out, you know, they, um, and the groceries, like Tana said that, like <laughs> there groceries is a huge thing for Michiganders and it is endlessly entertaining. Like people survive. Like, we're not talking about the rare instances where, you know, um, you like we're advising like you need to have two weeks worth of supplies. I don't know how long they think they're going to get trapped, but people switch their entire diet also when they prepare for a storm. They you know, it's eight frozen pizzas, four packs of Oreos, two bottles of tequila, eight cases of beer in Michigan. If you're, and they're talking about that. And it, I'm so it's like, I don't know how quickly they think broccoli goes bad. Because probably like, what's the limit you're gonna get stuck, you know, inside your house? Even if it was like the worst blizzard we've ever had, in three days, you could probably shovel your way out. You know, we're just fine, but people just love that. So we really engage with that at, at like a high level. And the weather group is just like taking all the, the, the biggest weather nuts that exist, all the people that just, it's all, the, it's all they wanna talk about on a daily basis and it brings them together. So. Well,
1: people get a lot of their, you know, Facebook, um, Twitter, Instagram are kind of instant news sources for people. And, and MLive's got a deep presence, especially on Facebook. And your team did great they, with these both informative memes, you know, and, and, and social cards, but funny memes too. Um, so describe the shopping one, because I just love the shopping cart <laughs> one. It's so Michigan.
3: The shopping cart um, is kind of what I was speaking to there, which is funny um, that Like even though Michiganders are experts and professionals at storms, we're also just lose our minds and everything we know about anything when we're preparing for a storm. And so we have a, yes, we have a long running meme. And whenever a storm's about to hit, you know, we try to like get our sense to be like, is this the right time? Are they headed to the store? Are they (laughs) about to head to the store? Like when is it hitting peak? And then we roll it out and we just, years ago filled a meyer shopping cart because it it also works more for a michigan audience that it's at meyer and filled it with you know michigan products you know you got to have your two-hearted in there you got your huma in there you know there's better made chips They say you know you've got to get there's a, a jiffy you know corn muffin box there's a, you know and no matter <laughs> what when we put it up people put, where's the verner and <laughs> look <laughs> we took the photo out. while. There happens to be Fago, Red Pop. There just happens to be Fago in it. Of course, there's Verners. So we joke around with people that like we left our doctor's prescription at home or like whatever, because people, no matter what, people will take it apart. They love it. They love it too much. But it speaks to what happens at grocery stores in Michigan in the days leading up to a storm is just an entertaining
1: circus. It's it's pretty interesting you mentioned. We're actually good at winters in Michigan. It reminds me of Fargo, and there's a scene where two guys are standing in a driveway having weird Minnesota banter with each other, and they're both looking up at the sky. Like, it's just automatic that you're always thinking of weather. I mean, because people I know who live, like, in Alabama, and they have their one-quarter-inch snowstorm of the year, and that they shut, they shut everything down the day before because they can't handle it. But it, it's kind of this weird – um inverse thing where we're used to it but it just almost stokes our desire for more um one thing that eric and i have talked about or i have this little theory about what news is and news is like being scared of something that hasn't happened yet (laughs) and when we write about things anticipatory like is that factory going to shut down you know but that's what weather is too it's like oh my what's it going to be and a lot of times they don't live up to their billing but this was a pretty good storm the one we just had Uh, And and thankfully, you know, no real calamity. We didn't have a hundred car pileups like we've had in the past, but it was a good storm. So, you know, Tonda, I want to cut it back to you because it isn't just you and Mark, you know, watching the National Weather Service, although that's a lot of what it is. You have deep knowledge about this, but it's also about moving other moving parts and planning with our news teams around the state. So why don't you explain when a storm of this magnitude is coming, what it takes for you to get all the wheels uh, rolling in the same direction to get the team together.
2: And that team is a big team when it comes to weather. I mean, what you're talking about, anticipation, the mood in the remote newsrooms change too when a storm like this is coming because it's not just my team with meteorologists and backup reporters. Um, in this case, I think in the 40-hour window when the storm was was heading right into Michigan and then that first 24 hours when it hit, that 40-hour window, we had more than 40 stories published across all of our um, all of our hub areas, all of our core markets. And yes, it was Mark Gross's forecasts. It was plow truck trackers. But you also had um, people who normally cover courts and cops pulled off their beats to cover. Hey, we're going to do a post showing people how they can measure the snow in their own backyard. We're gonna do a post showing where all the dot plow trucks with all their fancy new names are running on the road so you can see it and you can click on a button and you can see the camera that's inside this plow truck. We wanted to give readers the most detail possible, not only in the hours leading up to the storm, but during the storm as the forecast was changing and as the snow accumulations were changing for each area so if you were a reporter in one of our newsrooms and you were not working on a weather story you were probably covering for someone who was working on a weather story so it was an all hands on deck moment for us as it should be
1: is that the trucks like plowy mcplow face and where they had like reader suggestions or or, uh, michiganders made suggestions for the names of trucks yeah that, that that that's that's funny what um What's new in our weather coverage? Uh, you mentioned some of the in truck stuff, but you know, I know we do snowfall maps. What's new or different about the way that we're covering weather and, and what are readers reacting to the most?
2: Well, readers love the advanced forecast. We know that, but this year, we were able to offer readers something new in the form of an upgraded interactive map. And in the past, the interactive maps we've used have come from one primary source. This year, we were lucky enough to be able to get our hands on a product that blends three different forecast models to give people the average. Um, and that, what we're noticing is, is readers are really liking these maps because they tend to predict a lot more accurately how much snow is going to fall at their address. And that's really what they want to know.
1: Yeah, I think people not only want to know what happened, but I think they want to sound authoritative. When they're at the coffee shop or they're talking to somebody, they want to sound authoritative. And one of the the most common things I see in comments, both on social media and uh, emails that I get or just conversations with people at grocery stores, they really think that Mark Toragros is the most accurate meteorologist they've ever met. And I, I think Mark's great. I don't, I don't know if that's true, but I know he does a great job. But that seems to be a, a common thing I hear about Mark.
2: It is, and I think people take it to a level where they almost hope that um, they want to know his predictions for the Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Because what we saw a lot of during the storm is, I just watched this channel, or I just saw this person say, we're going to get this much snow. Mark, what do you think? Can you weigh in, Mark? And, you know, Mark, to his credit, he is so good with our Michigan Weather Group of of Facebook devotees. He will get on there, and he will answer personally personally people who are asking how much snow they should expect in their backyard by a specific time. And he will give overview forecasts. If he has a question, someone might be traveling out of state, maybe they're headed to Ohio or Indiana or to Florida and they wanna understand what the roads are gonna be like. You know, Am I gonna get hit by this storm you're talking about? Or if I leave by Thursday at 9 a.m., am I gonna avoid it? And he will go out of his way to contact them and let them know their little personalized forecast.
1: You're listening to Behind the Headlines, an M Live podcast. I'm John Heiner, Vice President of Content M Live, and here with my co-host Eric Culcran, And we're talking weather today. It's, it's winter in Michigan and it's the number one topic by far, especially now that U of M is not very good in sports. But um, we're back to talking weather. Our guest today are Tana Gemitter, who oversees our weather coverage, uh the editor for that. And Jillian Manstrat, who oversees our social teams, audio and video and is a big part of how people get our news through social media channels. So Jillian, you know, kind of picking up on what Tana was just talking about, you know, what are people most interested in you think wanna see on social media, wanna interact with, and what are we doing new there to, to kind of make weather pop form?
3: What they're interested in, and that's just based on, you know, you and I have even looked at those numbers. What do they react to the most? What do they share the most? is a bit of a mixed bag because people love weather so much. It's not one thing. So I'd say the newest thing that either with our coverage is to make sure that we're doing all of the things all of the time, which is to say that, you know, predictions of snow totals, and like Tonda's saying, like the different models and the different maps, when we make those into sophisticated infographics with, you know, either... Um, you know, National Weather Service information, or like you said, like a European model of this or a snow predict thing of this or different radars, people gobble that up. They really, you know, I don't know if people in Michigan like things much more than they like a good radar. You know, I know, like you keep going back to the coffee shop thing and you get to people and I'm like, oh, which radar are you using? Oh, you're using why you should be using weather bug. Oh no, you should be using dark sky. Like it's just all over the, day. people love a good radar. So on that end, like actual weather models and National Weather Service, and then just our actual Torre Grossa stories and headlines and getting that content to them, they love. Um, And then, you know, I don't think we'll ever stop putting a ruler in snow. (laughs) It's like the only use of a ruler anymore in Michigan, but like people will never stop putting a ruler in their backyard, four inches, oh, no, six inches, an owl, you know, they just can't stop with that. Um, and like I said, then you know, there's the funny stuff about grocery stores. Um, and then when it fell, also to have a Groundhogs Day uh snowstorm was amazing because we had Groundhogs Day events where the Groundhogs supposed to predict they got we had one that got canceled due to just to winter weather. Um and that irony. And that amazingness just worked so well for people. They loved the idea that the groundhog got canceled because of a snowstorm, but then we're still like, yeah, I might predict early spring though. And I don't even, I don't even know what early spring groundhog <laughs> prediction can be, right? Like six more weeks of winter, like that is a given. I'm actually asking you guys, I don't even know. Like well, six more weeks of winter no. would put us from groundhog state to the middle of March. I don't know anyone who's been in Michigan longer than today who's expecting winter to end. Before March?
1: No, I, I was born and grew up in Michigan, and I played high school baseball, and I played in snow flurries every single year, you know. Yeah. And and you wear your you wear your winter jacket out in the field, and and I I lived in the Lower Peninsula. Imagine the kids who live in the UP. In, um, well,
3: yeah, nine months of winter and three months of bad sledding, as Thomas <laughs> it would say. But you know, Mother's Day is is very very often mother's day social media meme is the hanging plant you bought for your mom dusted in snow because it happened overnight so and mother's day is in may (laughs) right
1: right that is correct yeah so one thing you forgot, (laughs) forgotten one thing you forgot forgotten listing all of those social media hits um is the one i always participate in every year is is sending in the picture of my my patio (laughs) furniture oh
3: yeah yeah. We also do that. Like we just had a, you know, it didn't even matter if a lot changed, but we had more this. And that speaks to what was new this year was the first time that we did during storm coverage, a multi-city live. And we have a new tool for that. But Tora Grossa can, you know, with his legions and legions of fans can can set up that live. But we were able to have cameras, you know, and MLive has had an in- advantage over other, you know, um, media comes in this state because we can, somebody in Bay City, go to somebody in Kalamazoo, go to somebody in Jackson, Ann Arbor, like we were all over the place. Um, to the point that Grand Rapids felt left out. Like that's how much we love weather is that it wasn't gonna hit Grand Rapids and we still cleared the shelves in the grocery stores. I feel like <laughs> because we didn't wanna be left out. Cause we were reading the predictions. We were supposed right. to get like two to four inches. And we're like, this isn't fair. Everybody else is getting the snow. Yeah, well, so we bought pizza.
1: Both of you, you were, had something to do with the planning, coordination, execution of that Facebook Live you're talking about, which was, what, a half a dozen people on screen at the same time. So what did it take to pull that together? And also, in some ways, it's one of the, I don't know if it's a benefit of work from home or with COVID era stuff, but, you know, we've become really adept at, at doing things remotely and turning it into content.
3: Kanda, you want me to say what took to get it together? Yeah. All right. So, I mean, one is that, you know, technology, we happen to have a tool, um, but this isn't a sponsored podcast, so I won't even say their name, (laughs) but we have a tool that allows, um, if we have somebody, so my guy, Kyle Madsen, um, it's kind of the version of like being in the truck when you're running like coverage at an event. And so he's at his station workstation, um, And he, but he had to coordinate, you know, find a person in each city, as many we could get, you know, people from my team, we, you know, we had somebody in Ypsilanti, we did like all over the state, like I said, to um, be able to go live, if you will, um, like you would be used to in Facebook and stuff with their phone or a camera, whatever works out. Um, And then Torre Grossa being the main feed of that. But this tool allows us to kind of, you know, if you can picture, picture and picture, we can put up via the person producing at their workstation. You can get basically give everyone a a shared link. Like in these Zoom meetings, in a way, it's kind of like that same technology. You know, we all join that meeting Mm -hmm. um, and we all click into it. So it's kind of a similar um, technology in that way. Um, but then Tori Grossa is at that control and use and has really learned to use that tool. Has changed a lot with our weather lives as well on a daily on Monday to Friday, um, with being able to have radars and models up on the screen at the same time he's explaining them um, using the same tool. So that's really taken us to the point where you know, you know, someone could say we're a you know we're not a obviously we're not a television news product, but we're doing a sophisticated, of a, you know, a weather mm-hmm. broadcast as used to be only possible with TV stations.
1: Right, Tonda, Did you see that as a tool that we're gonna be using more going forward or is it, is it really, is it hard to pull it together?
2: Well, it does take work from Jillian's team to pull it together, which I really appreciate, but I see lots of uses for that. And yes, storms are big, but so are beach days, wave conditions. Right. We can be at Lake Michigan and Lake Huron at the same time. You know, I mean, that's going to be great in the summer. I can't even imagine all the places we can go and do, you know, Friday beach reports from three, four different beaches. How fun is that going to be? Oh, yeah, the that's places actually a we'll really go. good idea,
3: Tonda. I could, <laughs> we could follow a sunset from oh. like five locations from you know from the shores like near Muskegon, Grand Haven, you know, through to the Thumb and Southeast Michigan
1: can we keep the can we keep the live going for 12 or 14 hours in summer as we traverse across the state
3: i'll melt a computer if i have to
1: i'm in (laughs) MLA city right now i'm on my way to the beach anyways um yeah i lost my trace oh one thing i wanted to to point out is uh that i kind of think is sad that we've lost especially in the the last two years is because i've been in the news business for a really long time and it was a major thing if someone couldn't make it into the office when you're a journalist you know getting to the office was like you're like a fireman getting down the pole you got to get to the office during a storm and so like the one or two times in my career couldn't make it and there's stories of people coming with trucks to pull their colleagues out to the main road so they can get to work so it's just a little weird and sad to have a major snowstorm and you're sitting in your house, you know, in my joggers, you know, and you, you feel like I didn't sacrifice or I didn't have, I didn't go to battle to get into work, to fight, to tell the story. So I'm a little sad about that.
2: You might and be you're... the only one. <laughs> yeah.
3: And you're kind of representing like the, the say that it happens like on social media in the comments is during any storm, like, you know, somebody rolls in and be like, this isn't anything like. What a blizzard was when I was growing up. Seventy-eight was the real snow, you know. Or we still had to go to school. They never canceled anything. I mean, you know, like cause freak out. And then in Michigan, there's the freak out at the people freaking out that they don't even know what a snowstorm is. And so I'm glad you gave our listeners that.
1: I hey, I was I'm legit. <laughs> what does that mean? is that? Blizzard of seventy-eight, baby. I was. <laughs> We were off school for three or four days. The snow drift was 30 feet up to the top of our school. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was you're right. there. The kids I... going to
3: school right now. Haven't been through any hardships.
1: You know, I was just at a party <laughs> where they played one of those party games and you got to answer questions. And someone said, you know, if you had, if you're going to get a tattoo, as a saying, I couldn't think of anything. Now I know I'm going to get it. I survived blizzard 78. <laughs> you know the only question is where am i having it put on my face or neck or where but i'm getting that tattoo
3: put it somewhere where we can share it on our branded social media every year so
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh anything uh you know we're getting to the end of the podcast here but any new plan coming up um i think you you kind of touched on something it's interesting is it's not just a winter thing in michigan uh, but what should what should our listeners and readers look forward to for the rest of the year?
2: Oh, well, I think everybody, especially after this last storm, is really looking into the spring forecast. So that's what my team's going to be working on in the next um, week or so, is figuring out when is going to be a good time to drop that.
1: And that's, I think, according to what Jillian said earlier, it's after Mother's Day, for sure.
2: <laughs> yes. Fall, spring, second spring. <laughs>
1: And what about uh, uh, social media and video, uh, Jillian? I, one thing we I think we haven't even touched on, but I think we love to do is get out with our video teams, tell stories in Michigan. We have a both Jillian and Tonda are integrally abo- involved in our lovable Michigan newsletters and, and content. Um, so just forward-looking, what what you anticipating, Jillian?
3: Well, I think that you know we, uh, for better or for worse, you know people have returned to a lot more activity. So like in that lovable Michigan thing, like we have a uh, a lot more Tonda and I can share with people about things to do and places to go. Um, and there's a lot, I mean, winter is not over on, you know, to some people's dismay, but there is a lot still to do with snow and activity. Tubing's become like one of the hottest things in Glow Michigan. Tubing.
1: Glow oh, all
3: of it all of the versions drink tubing glow tubing combo tubing single tube like it's all it's just all of it um so that you know we're always trying to watch for people like what people are loving doing and basically at this point also wineries in northern Michigan it doesn't matter the season they are they like lean into whatever's going on they're like you could do that but at our winery mm-hmm. oh wait it's spring how about enjoying spring at our winery so you know, we're always, I mean, his team is just always figuring out where Michiganders are going and how they're having fun. And there's 12 seasons in Michigan. So we just, we just roll with that. We just listen to people and roll with it.
1: Yeah, the snow is gonna happen. The weather's gonna happen. You know, you can be sit inside and be sad about it. Or you can get out and be sad in the snow, but go out and have some fun with it. Um, Eric, I'm just letting you know, to hold you accountable for Eric Groundhog Hultren's prediction for spring will come up repeatedly in future podcasts
0: cannot wait i mean if i if i only have to
1: get in front of may i feel
0: pretty solid about my choice here if i just have to beat mother's day i'm good with it so
1: <laughs> okay <laughs> thanks so much for joining today tonda gemitter and and jillian van Strat. and uh i'm gonna go get my parka on and get back outside in michigan and enjoy some winter
2: all right, thank you. Thank
0: you. And there they go. As always, if you like what John and I are doing, like, comment, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast. Till next week, he is John Heiner. I am Eric Halkin, and this is Behind the Headlines.